Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we are discussing, <laughs> with Johnny Fever apparently, uh, Season 6, <laughs> Episode 5, The Angel of Death. On this episode, Travis and Gellar go hunting for the Whore of Babylon. Deb asks her BFF Jamie to help find Quinn's missing ring. Jamie tells Deb not to look at crime scene photos in front of Harrison. Masuka's new intern hides the sale of the ice truck killer hand. And someone was listening to us. Brother Sam gets shot. What did you guys think of the episode overall? Eh. There's <laughs> there's so much I didn't... There's a lot of build-up for eh. <laughs> so, there's no context for it yet, but uh, the introduction of this intern... I hate this character so much that I, I just, I raged against that the entire episode. <laughs> so, um... You hate that, Lewis? Oh, man. You don't know. Uh, yeah, you don't need to, like, foreshadow where the character's going for Zach. <laughs> well, everybody hated Lila, and he liked Lila, so there you go. Um, okay. For the purposes of an entertaining <laughs> podcast, I like Lila. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just to be contrary, to create some friction among the group, I to get it. To improve the shows, I like Lila. <laughs> Very considerate of you. Like, nothing, nothing much happened this episode. It was just kind of filler. I didn't like this one either. I mean... <laughs> There wasn't a lot going on, like you said, but I also thought it was kind of icky. There was a whole lot of just, I mean, being the only female in the podcast, there was a lot of just icky dude stuff in this one. Just a whole lot of just ickiness. I didn't like it. Yeah, I can see that. For um, this season and the bar that it's set for itself, I thought it was a, a relatively okay middle of the season episode where yes not too much happens definitely some ickiness um just more exposition in terms of the plot it's uh you know there's not a whole lot going on there how many stairs do you have to go down to get to the bar for this season like how far underground is it i think it's like one of those rotating staircases where it just keeps going you just keep going and you just keep going and i know what it feels like you see the bar but it, it just keeps going well, it starts with Dexter pouring over the bloody angel wings from the Saw-style crime scene. He says that the man, Travis, left no trace DNA evidence. Travis and Geller are shown kneeling before a crucifix. Geller says they have to find the Whore of Babylon. Dexter determines the feathers. Okay, I'll stop it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to stop it. Uh, you go ahead. <laughs> Every Travis and Geller scene in this episode is just like, it's like two seconds long, and it's just like, foreboding thing, yep, foreboding thing, and then they move on to the next scene. (laughs) But, I mean, this one, they're at least going to find some whores. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to point out, why is it, yeah, why is it just one whore? I feel like with Babylon... You know, I know Sodom and Gomorrah, those were cities that, in terms of the Bible or stories in the Bible that were more 
uh, more hedonistic. But uh, like, there's just the, the one horror of Babylon, and, uh, and it's Miami, and people die in Miami. <laughs> sometimes they're murdered. <laughs> sometimes they're murdered. Sometimes, sometimes they're, they're horse. One whore. Uh, I just like. I just thought it was funny that this is like the, the next move in the in the game of chess that they're playing biblically. Yeah, I've been I've been watching the first forty eight recently, and uh, one thing I can tell you about Miami is definitely true: is that people die in Miami, and sometimes they're murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't if actually we one thing from Dexter. It's that. Yeah, I don't actually know. Like the horror of Babylon, I believe, like the show is telling us, is part of Revelation. It's part of what John the Revelator wrote for the book of Revelation. I don't think it's part of the uh, like Old Testament Babylon story. Right. So um, the book of Revelation is like gibberish and you have, you can't just like read it and see what the storyline is. You need like someone like Dr. Gellater to interpret it for you. So mm. I'm sure there's a character in Revelation called the Whore of Babylon. I'm sure that all of this stuff checks out in some way or another in that references are made to things, but there's no like, and this is what she does and this is what she represents. Like it's more, you need like to take a, a college class to begin to understand what's going on in the book of Revelation. Who among us cares enough to do the research to find out the story? I mean, my dad, my, my dad is, uh, <clears throat> has a master's degree in theology, so I could probably oh, ask him go. about it. I'll just Perfect. call my dad tonight and be like, Dad, who is the whore of Babylon? <laughs> yeah. Put him on speaker. And, and why the aren't there multiple whores of Babylon? Because <laughs> we would think that there would be. Um, Not asking for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, also too, is he just pulling from like random Bible sources? Because didn't he just do a like a thing from the Moses story with the angel of death and uh, the locust? That's from Moses, right? I, I think every one of these things is from Revelation, and I think there's a lot of stuff that that mirrors things that happen in the Old Testament. Okay. But I I am almost for sure um, that. All of this stuff is imagery taken from the book of Revelation because they later make all these allusions to, like, the secret book that he was writing about how he was interpreting the book of Revelation and how these seven sacrifices had to happen. And All right. Yeah. I got to get into this book of Revelations thing then. It's a I trip, fam- man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was going to be homework here. Come on. Stuff. Yeah. No, the book of Revelation, I'm really, that's probably the least, uh, I'm, and I'm not even religious, but I do find it fascinating. But I think that, like, that's the one I'm least familiar with. I don't think it's. I'm curious. I don't feel like it's readable. That's the thing. Like, sure. that, that's that's my thing with it. It's like, you know, knock yourself out and try and, and find the references and things like that. But it, I almost think it would be better to find somebody's. You know, like what the, um, what like some Catholic scholars interpretation of it is, because that'll at least give you some kind of a narrative and idea of what they were going for there. Otherwise, it's just like, and I saw this and I saw that and this opened up and that opened up and this happened and that happened. And it's like a fever dream. Oh, it is. Like none of it. There's there's no sort of uh, no sort of direct narrative to it. 
So it'd be like when you read uh, Shakespeare, then you have to have the the translation like page by page next to it. Yeah, like, it. like specifically like a monologue from Shakespeare that doesn't seem to bear any resemblance to language that we would use today or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a trip. I mean, and there's Various there's things. like early books in the Bible that are just like. <clears throat> Seth begath Uruth, and Uruth begat Mezekiah, and Mezekiah begat... Hold on, I've got an interloper. I'll be right back. And Brooke begat an interloper. (laughs) Yeah, so Travis and Geller knelt before a crucifix, and that was a whole scene. So, Dexter determines the feathers were bonded with calfskin in a way similar to ancient manuscripts. In the briefing, Deb says that the... Saw victim worked at a museum with ancient artifacts. Mike has some ideas on the connection to Revelations, including why they were technically the ones to kill this victim. Angel and Quinn found that the victim had recently used a condom. Masuka found that the new number was inside the victim and introduces his new, new intern, Lewis Green. Green says that 1260 is a prevalent number and that it may be the end of the countdown, giving them 15 days. Dexter lies and says he found nothing with the wings. Yeah, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Masuka asks Green and his Alienware computer to see if they can figure out how to fix the stolen ice truck killer evidence. Quinn gently asks Deb to give back the engagement ring as his t- time to return it is almost up. Deb calls and asks Jamie to look for it because apparently Deb lost it. Which dis- oh, disrespect. <laughs> and she's so polite to Jamie about it too. Yeah, she really gives it to her. I thought I was like, like you got anything to do? Yeah, I was. I was wondering if it was more or less the fact that Deb was just dealing with a lot and she put it off on Jamie because I was like, Jamie's never done anything odd or weird or like to piss anyone off she's she's very helpful she's there helping dexter with harrison i was like why is deb being such a a bitch to her and i gotta just assume that it's because she's just under a lot of stress and she's putting it on other people you know i I mean i've read it that they don't they don't get along but they're not very vocal about it like jamie complains about deb to dexter nonstop. But it's always in a, like, you know, who doesn't wash their dishes? Like, who leaves their clothes out on the floor? They just irritate each other. And they kind of, like, keep each other at arm's length, but um, that's about to explode over soon. And it's also this this show, and I see, like, where Brooke's coming from with that ickiness, too, of being, like, this season specifically feels like they're really pinning females against each other. Like there's certain times when they do that and I'm like, it's just not necessary. I feel like it's just cattiness that they introduced because they're like, this is how women act with one another. And you're like, not really. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that really is a running theme through the show. Cause they haven't done, I just actually, it's funny you said that. Cause I was just thinking that right before you said that, that, you know, looking through it, have we ever really had any supportive female relationships? I can't think of any. It's always Deb Rita is and Syl, somebody's baby. enemy. Well, yeah, and, that's, and Syl was basically just a lamppost. So other than that, it's just basically just every female-to-female interaction has been some kind of nastiness other than that. 
Yeah. yeah. It it doesn't make sense too because uh Jamie is Angel's sister and she's helping Dexter with Deb's nephew. Like she should have a little bit more respect for her than she does. But she's just a complete slob and doesn't really think about it and then I think I I would assume that Deb is just irritated with her for always going to Dexter and being like your sister's a slob. When can we get her out of our house? Kind of thing. I wonder if, Dex- if they weren't like planting a seed for some storyline about her being angry at Deb because she stole Batista's job, and they just like scrapped it and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I I, th- <laughs> I think this is simply a we need things for Deb and uh, Jamie to do, and this is the this was the first thing they came up with. Yeah, because I don't think that would fit that character either with Jamie. You know, I I don't think she is somebody who would would have that kind of conflict. But I don't know. I don't know. Also, they, I don't think they know how to write female characters really. Anyway, <laughs> that that's it right there. I think you nailed it. Yeah, they just <laughs> well, don't. They took him what. Five years to get a good Aster episode. So, yeah. Dexter calls uh, or runs into Brother Sam and invites him over for dinner. Brother Sam says that Nick's old crew came and shot up the auto shop. Dexter goes to the museum to ask about the repair he saw in the wings. Docent tells Dexter to watch a video about art restoration. One of the background workers repairing art is Travis. Dexter calls, uh, is called to a new scene by Mike. A couple has been shot. Dexter finds a cell phone with a picture of the husband and another woman. Dexter puts it together as a murder-suicide. Mike is impressed. The landlord arrives, anxious to get the house back on the market. Mike asked Dexter a question here that uh, I've, I've wondered the entire season, and that's how the hell does a pro like you stand working with these Miami homicide people? Uh, Miami homicide chuckleheads. Chuckleheads, yes. Actually, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's a fair question. We've been asking for six seasons. Well, and instead of, like, taking it in the in a good-natured way, Dexter, like, uses it to slam the fact that his sister is Mike's boss. Yeah. It's like, so, you know, those chuckleheads you're talking about are related to me. Yeah, I think it's it's fun because it, it turns it almost into like the Dexter detective show, where, where he's been solving he's been solving these these cases for a while now, and no one's really like giving him any credit. New guy comes in and he's like, "Oh shit, I got competition. It's the blood guy." <laughs> and you're like, "What? Right. what? <laughs> and, and like, the only like one Dale worth was, anything?" Like Dale was saying, it it, it builds that. Uh, running thing with Mike where he just keeps putting his foot in his mouth over yeah. Deb. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he tries to like kind of sidle to somebody and be like, you know, man, Deb is really a problem. And they're like, no, she's the greatest. <laughs> she's my sister. Like, God yeah. damn it. Um, uh, this family, or this, uh, this uh, department's a, a very tight knit family. Everyone's real close. Yes. Occasionally. Uh, Travis and Geller are at some club. Travis is sad that all of those people are going to die, but don't know it. They find a newspaper with Geller's picture on the front. 
Geller decides to stay out of sight and leave it up to Travis to find their whore. Dexter and Harrison look up information about Travis Marshall. Brother Sam shows up. He gives Harrison his stuffed sheep. Brother Sam asks Dexter how he ended up in blood spatter analysis. Dexter says he saw his mother killed when he was three. And Brother Sam says it all it takes is a little bit of light to keep the darkness at bay. We're almost done with this character. Uh, <laughs> Travis starts <Not> sad. <laughs> Travis starts following a party girl who's barely keeping upright in heels. He starts to overpower her, but three guys approach and start yelling at him to put her down. Travis flees. Uh, he's just a he's just like the biggest nerd. Like, <laughs> like it, it's so sad. It's just it's like watching Mr. Rogers try to be a bad guy. <laughs> it, yeah, I was like, there's no way. I'm mean, any woman easy like a tiny little spray bottle of mace or anything like that guy's going down. You know, like every every other I feel like predator in this series has been at least of larger status or stature. Um, yeah. and like Travis is just. So puny, and I mean, I like Colin Hanks. I, I've actually met him before. He's he's not really that small of a guy, but in this show, he looks very small. So it's just so funny to see him try to do stuff like this. And you're like, yeah, you get your ass kicked by by a deer, you know? Right. When he's such a weenie. Yeah. I mean, you could hurt his feelings and get away. All That's you have to do is just say. say something mean. <laughs> just hurt his feelings, and you're free. That's all it would like, take. You don't want to do this. You're right. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Make fun of his shirt, and he's going to cry. I mean, really easy. Mom said I yeah. look good in salmon. <laughs> uh, Travis returns to Gellar empty-handed. Gellar says he will go out with Travis the next night. He believes that God will protect him from the police. Dexter breaks into Travis's apartment after seeing him drive away. He finds a copy of a book by Geller about the apocalypse that Travis has highlighted in. Dexter finds an old Bible with page numbers come out, cut out. The numbers match the ones found in the victims. He takes a page with him to Miami Metro and matches the mix, missing number to one of the ones found in the dead. Travis is definitely the doomsday killer. When an angel interview Geller's former TA, she says that he can't be the doomsday killer. She says he likes to stir up trouble. It turns out that he had a serial relationships with brunette TAs, uh, women like the angel. So brunettes, basically. Uh, Quinn works a hard sell on getting a drink with the TA. And, uh, We'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mike yeah. tells Deb how fast Dexter solved the case. Deb lusts over the house where the murder took place, because that's why this murder took place. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it was a, such a pointless pointless story. It was so not interesting, completely dull. They're like, we gotta get Deb a house. Let's just kill somebody in, in a, a house and bring her in. Just such a stupid little plot. Why would Deb get a beach house? Oh, if there was a discount. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just it makes no sense. The 20% raise just didn't cover something nicer. <laughs> also, not to mention the fact that it's like you're constantly reminded that you are around death all the time. Like you you're you're the lieutenant of Miami Metro homicide, so you're constantly it's just like never-ending dead people. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the money side of this. <sighs> okay? So she was living with Quinn 
up until the day that she was basically promoted and Quinn kicked her out for not accepting his engagement. Quinn kicking her out leads to me to believe that she wasn't paying rent at Quinn's because otherwise she has like the right to be there. He can't mm-hmm. just kick her out like that. So she should have plenty of money to be able to go out and get an apartment. And yet she goes and like gets in Jamie's way over at Dexter and the Dexter and Jamie like duplex apartments they've she, got now. She's saving up money. She wants to retire early. <laughs> she's trying to hit those LaGuerta numbers that uh, Batista found out about. <laughs> oh, LaGuista. <laughs> Do you think that if someone had a bank account, they should tell the other person? We have to go back to that story. We really Let's just don't. pretend that never happened. <laughs> Let's pretend it didn't happen. Uh, Angel tries to pry Quinn away from the TA unsuccessfully. They end up going back to her place. The camera shows us a tattoo of two random symbols on her lower back. Deb is working on the case when Harrison walks in to give her a hug. Jamie said she found Deb's ring, then chastises Deb for leaving crime scene photos in plain view of Harrison. Deb accuses Jamie of not doing her job properly just as Dexter walks in. Dexter sends Jamie home for the night. Dexter tells Deb that she should think about therapy. Um, is it that bad? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Harrison's going to be scarred by, you know, a couple of qu- quick pictures. No, I think it's I more that that like Deb is slipping. Don't underestimate Harrison. He remembered Daddy's box a few episodes ago, so he yeah. probably would remember the <laughs> crime scene photos. It's all the stuff adding up, you know. First, the luminol exposure. <laughs> the- right. The random box, you know, just all this bad stuff. Yeah. Would have uh, been a great opportunity for the, him to say die-die. <laughs> Geller and Travis smash into a couple in Travis's car. Travis picks up the woman and throws her into the trunk. Angel goes to the TA's apartment to collect Quinn. While waiting, he notices a box marked Geller and begins to rifle through it. He finds a leather-bound manuscript called The Alpha and the Omega of the Anesaret. It's full of notes and drawings, including one of a bunch of snakes inside of someone. The next page has the angel woman drawing. The TA and Quinn see it too, and Quinn says, holy shit. The therapist corners Deb in her office for a session. Deb admits that she's fine regarding the shooting, but that everything else is driving her crazy. The therapist recommends that Deb gets a place of her own. Mike and Deb visit the landlord at Mike's crime scene. Mike and Deb give the landlord the hard sell, and Deb rents the place for 25% off of an undisclosed figure. Uh, Deb puts Quinn's ring into her desk at work. You know, I I was actually impressed with how quick she got on this request by the therapist. Like, she talks to the therapist and then goes and strong-arms her way into an apartment. Fantastic. Yeah, it was probably Mike, like, trying to get in there ahead of time of, like, hey, before Dexter talks to you, uh, do you need a place to live by any chance? (laughs) That's true. Uh, Green, the intern, was unable to get the hand back, but he was able to fix it so that the sale was completely white from the internet. No one could tie the loss of the evidence back to Masuka. And he put a porn scrubber on there. 
mm-hmm. on Masuka's computer. And, and somehow made Masuka's uh, credit score go up. Yeah. And he installed a new processor with, like, turbocharging on it in the Masuka's laptop, I guess because he wants to set it on fire. It's <laughs> 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 the only reason I can think of. I gotta get those they, lab results back faster. I, I think the writer just went on whatever Reddit was at the time and did a search for computer words and threw it all together. Well, yeah, it's the first non-MacBook, non-completely generic computer, like TV, television show computer that we've seen, and it's an Alienware laptop. It's like, oh, he must be a video game guy. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Dexter hijacks Travis in his car and tells him where to drive. Travis says that God doesn't want, or God doesn't talk to him. He talks to Geller. Travis says he's a failure. He couldn't bring himself to kill any of the people. Geller does the killing. Dexter has Travis pull over. He has Travis walk away and tells him he'll find the car back at the museum. Dexter has decided to follow Travis to Geller. I think Travis just made the dark passenger sad. <laughs> He's just like, I, I don't even want to kill this guy anymore. Just just let him out. The dark passenger just said, aww. <laughs> Travis calls Geller to tell him in code that he won't be there until the next day. Geller low-key threatens him. When Travis leaves his apartment the next day, Dexter is there to follow him. And then we see an unseen figure shoot Brother Sam at the auto body shop. That is the end of the episode. Spoiler alert, it was Dale. (laughs) (laughs) It was all of us. Oh, man. He's he's most dead now. So how do you you feel about uh, Brother Sam getting shot? It couldn't have happened to a better guy. (laughs) Well, this was directed by S.J. Clarkson. Uh, She directed three episodes total, this one being the last... Um, and as a little postscript of this, uh, I found out she is directing the pilot to the prequel series for Game of Thrones on HBO. So maybe that will be seen at some point. Uh, it was written by Scott Reynolds, uh, who has written nine episodes between 2011 and 2013. Uh, what was your guys' best line of the episode? Went with the line about my ho- Miami homicide chuckleheads just because they are chuckleheads. <laughs> Glad somebody's finally one. seeing that. Um, I had the uh, <laughs> this department. Wait, ah, oh, just messed my thing up. Uh, this department street cred goes straight down the shitter. <laughs> just. <laughs> This is uh, Masuka's idea of the department having any street cred. Yeah. The street cred of Miami Metro. Yeah. I like that all of our choices are things that are anti-Miami Metro. (laughs) (laughs) How about the worst line of the episode? Uh, Easy one for me, Quinn. I'm about to cross a college professor off my bucket list. Mm. And then he also said he already spent 80 bucks on her, so he had to keep keep trying to hook up with her because he spent 80 oh, yeah. bucks. Slimy. I don't like slimy Quinn. Well, that's just the lost cost fallacy. The, 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 the sunk cost fallacy is what that's called. Um, so, you know, after, after several beers, yeah, that, that seems more correct than it really is. 
Like I've already put this much money in. I I I can't lose now. I got to put some more in. <laughs> it, uh, that's uh, that should be chump change to him for somebody who rips off crime scenes. It's like right, 80 that's bucks. True. Eighty bucks. I got to go rip off another crime scene. And he's got a different girlfriend like twice an episode. Yeah. So that he can have like sad sex with them in montages. He has a bucket list though, so you know <laughs> that bucket list. So my my worst line was uh in response to something Brother Sam said, uh he talks about Travis and says, I will snuff out his light. And I was just like, God, that's so hokey. <laughs> oh yeah. All um, darkness and light talk. Yeah. Mine was uh from Travis when we talked about it earlier, is that so sad that all these people are going to die and they don't even know it. And it's like, yeah, they probably <laughs> do know it. <laughs> I, I guess technically. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, everybody knows they're gonna die, you idiot. Yeah. Well, Just not in the way that you think. Right. Well, and if there was one place that I, like, wouldn't feel sorry for a bunch of people's impending doom, it would be a nightclub with a bunch of drunk people. Like, yeah. yeah, we can lose these people. That'll be fine. Uh, how about the performance of the episode? Oh, do we have to have one? Because <laughs> there really wasn't anybody any good. I, I was, Were there any extras in the background that I can pick? How about Deb's therapist? Yeah. <laughs> she I, I, perfect. I, I gave it to Lewis for that porn scrubber. I mean, what a treat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can have an intern have a guy who can put a porn scrubber on your on your laptop and a turbo charge because it's apparently a car too. I just got a wire brush for my eyes. That's my porn scrubber. <laughs> oh, that's that's very Doctor Geller. <laughs> All right, well that'll do it. Thanks guys for uh, talking through this with me. We're getting through them now. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next deeply discussing Dexter. Thank you.